Welcome to episode 33 of Around the Jewish World with Tom Price. This episode will talk about Finland, or at least the country that is now called Finland, which for much of its history was not Finland at all. It was either part of Sweden or part of the Russian Empire. It was a grand duchy at one point. At one point, most of it belonged to the Kievan Rus. So as with so many of the countries we've been talking about, particularly in Europe, the definition of the country, its borders, even its location have changed over time. But as they say, in the interest of full disclosure, I must confess that Finland is one of my very favorite countries in Europe, and I have a great deal of affection for Finland and its people, and a great deal of empathy for Finnish history. Now, that's an odd confession, and I should probably explain why I have so much affection for Finland and its people. On the personal level, when I lived and worked in Vienna, Austria, two of my deputies in a row, one who followed the other, were both Finnish people, and I have visited them and their families subsequently in Finland and gotten to know a lot of other Finns, a lot of the Finnish countryside, and a lot about Finnish culture and history in the way that you can only learn firsthand, not from reading books or articles. The Finns have a reputation for being dour, unsmiling, unapproachable, cold and distant. I never found any of those things to be true about them. On the contrary, I found them to be incredibly warm, hospitable, smiley. Sometimes it might take a bit of vodka to get them going, but in the end, they are among the very friendliest people I ever encountered in Europe. They also share very widely a concern for the environment which, subjectively at least, makes Finland, for me, one of the greenest countries in Europe, where they really care about pollution of all sorts, so that most Finnish waterways, lakes, rivers, etc., you can drink safely directly from the body of water. There are a lot of bike paths. There are a lot of efforts made to promote recycling, um, limited use of plastics, etc., etc., And one of the most remarkable things about Finland is that it was the first country in the world to give full political rights to women, not only the right to vote, but the right to run for office and hold public office, even before it became a truly independent country, when it was still a grand duchy in the Tsarist Empire in the year 1906. It's also a country with a long history of victimhood, of being occupied and subjugated by more powerful neighbors. Sweden to the west, Russia to the east, what was before Russia, the Tsarist Empire, before that, that was the northernmost principality of the Kievan Rus, the principality of Novgorod, and Germanic orders of crusading knights and Teutonic knights to the south, many of whom didn't treat the Finns with any great gentleness or respect. And in spite of that, or perhaps because of that, Finns developed a culture that really protects the rights of minorities and respects human rights more actively and less just sort of in words than many other countries in Europe. And because Finland's history is so unique, so too is the history of Finnish Jewry. And most of the history of Finnish Jews cannot be blamed on the Finns or credited to the Finns because Until 1917, 
Finland had little real independence. Jews were subject to Swedish laws, which basically made it illegal for them to settle in Swedish territory. And therefore, most Jews who arrived in Finland before 1917 did so either under very special, very limited provisions or illegally, and they encountered all kinds of political, social, and cultural obstacles. In spite of that, Finland today has about 2,500 Jews, of whom, roughly speaking, 1,500 are in Helsinki, 500 are in Turku, and the remaining 500 are scattered in smaller places throughout the country. The two cities that I just mentioned, Helsinki and Turku, are the only places with functioning synagogues, there was a large and very important synagogue in a border town that is no longer part of Finland, and it's the town of, uh, this is another difficulty, in Finnish it's Vipuri, in Swedish and in Russian it's Viborg. And Viborg had a major synagogue that was constructed in 1910 and 1911, but it was bombed into smithereens on the very first day of the Winter War in 1939. One of the most special and least known aspects of Jewish history in Finland is how Jews were treated by Finland during World War II and the Holocaust, particularly when Finnish soldiers, including Jewish soldiers, fought alongside German soldiers against Russia in what the Finns referred to as the Continuation War. For them, World War II was actually three different wars. First, the Winter War, second, the Continuation War, and third, the Lapland War. And we'll get into these briefly because they play a very interesting role in the history of European Jewry. At the risk of oversimplifying greatly, in the Middle Ages, Finland was essentially the scene of a tug of war between two imperial powers. One was the Kingdom of Sweden. The other was either the Tsarist Empire or the states and entities which were its predecessors, such as the Principality of Novgorod under the Kievan Rus and others. The Russians slash Ukrainians, whatever they were, basically took territory in the northern and eastern parts of Finland, and the Swedes took territory in the western and southern parts of Finland. In fact, in terms of the boundary between Orthodox Christianity to the east and Roman Catholic Christianity to the west, the northern part of this boundary is the boundary between the part of Finland that was historically known as Karelia, which now belongs to the Russian Federation, and the rest of Finland, much of which historically belonged to Sweden. And for very different sets of reasons, modern Finns don't have much love lost for either the Russians or the Swedes. The reasons for their antagonism towards Russians have mostly to do with 20th century history. The reasons for their at least ambivalence, if not antagonism, toward the Swedes stretch much further back into Finnish history and into the fact that many Finns today feel that historically they were exploited by Swedish colonizers, they were treated like serfs, they were enslaved in camps, and generally treated very, very poorly. In spite of this, 
There's a significant minority population of Swedes in Finland today, especially in the areas that were historically dominated by Sweden, the West and the South. And because of this large minority population, public education in Finland is by law bilingual. So everybody has to study both Finnish and Swedish. And signs at the entry and exits to towns are also bilingual. And usually the majority language of that town or that village or that city comes first. So in a small place, when there's a few deaths or births in one community or the other, it can change the balance from 51% Swedish and 49% Finnish to vice versa. When that happens, all the signs have to be replaced. And it's very complicated, but Suffice it to say, there are very few Finnish kids who appreciate being forced to learn the language of their former oppressors, namely the Swedes. And there are probably very few Swedish kids who appreciate having to learn the very complicated Finnish language. Nonetheless, and in spite of a great deal of justifiable bitterness, Finns have a long tradition of respecting human rights taking care of minorities, taking care of immigrants. And really, one of the many reasons that I like Finland so much is how they have, to a large extent, overcome their past and how they treat all these minorities so incredibly well today, considering how they, in turn, were once treated by them. It's almost like the line in the book of Exodus of be kind to strangers and orphans and widows because you were once strangers in the land of Egypt a phrase that is repeated countless times in the first few books of the Bible. So as you may remember from our episode on Sweden, under Swedish law, it was largely illegal for Jews to settle on Swedish territory outside of very few towns and outside of very special and narrowly defined circumstances. This was also true in the Swedish territory in what is now Finland. In spite of that, the first Jew known to have settled on Finnish soil did so in 1782 in a town which was at that point under Russian rule. In 1809, Finland became part of the Russian Empire, an enormous grand duchy, but Swedish laws remained in force, meaning that Jews were still unable to settle freely on Finnish territory according to the Swedish regulations against Jews. In spite of these difficulties, during the period of Finnish autonomy from 1809 to 1917, Russian Jews established themselves in Finland as tradesmen and craftsmen. Most of these Jews were retired soldiers from the Imperial Russian Army, called Kantonists, and because they had been forced into the Russian Army in childhood, they were required to serve for 25 years. When their term of service expired, they had the right to remain in Finland regardless of the Finnish ban on Jewish settlement, which was actually a Swedish ban, a right that was forcefully defended by the Russian military. It was only after Finland declared independence in 1917 that Jews were granted full rights as Finnish citizens. It was also at this point that Jewish young people in Helsinki 
got together and created a sports association that was later Maccabi of Helsinki that functioned without any legal authority or without any permits for the first 12 years of its existence. That this society was founded in 1906 makes it the oldest Jewish sports club in the world that has an uninterrupted history, at least according to Wikipedia. So in terms of the history of World War II and the Holocaust in Finland, it's quite surprising to me that nobody knows what a special case Finland was. Everybody knows about the Bulgarian king refusing to deport Jews from historic Bulgarian territory and thereby saving like 90 plus percent of the Jewish population of Bulgaria. And everybody knows about the Danish king and his wife standing out on their balconies with yellow stars saying, if Jews have to wear yellow stars, then today we're all Jews. Prior to smuggling out a huge percentage of the Jewish population of Denmark to safety across the Sound in neutral Sweden. The story of Finland is even more remarkable because Finland fought World War II in three different chapters. In one, it was only Finland against Russia in a war begun at the end of November 1939 when the Soviet Union invaded Finland and Finnish Jews were among the many people made refugees from the territories that were ceded to Russia to stop that so-called winter war. After the Soviet airstrikes, which caused a lot of destruction, including almost all of the city of Vipuri, which was the second biggest city in Finland at the time, right after Helsinki, Finland waged war against the Soviet Union in the so-called Continuation War from 1941 to 1944. While Germany launched Operation Barbarossa, Finland simultaneously resumed hostilities against the Soviet Union, which resulted in Finland fighting alongside Nazi Germany. 327 Finnish Jews fought for Finland during this war, and 21 additional Jews served in the women's auxiliary of the Finnish military. 15 Jews were killed in action in the Winter War and 8 in the Continuation War. As Finland's forces had substantial numbers of German forces supporting their operations, the Finnish front had a field synagogue operating in the presence of Nazi troops. Jewish soldiers were nonetheless granted leave on Shabbat and Jewish holidays. And then when they were done fighting together with the Nazis against the Soviet Union, they turned their attention to Germany in the so-called Lapland War. This was a war that was designed to cut off German troop transports to northern Norway. And it was very effective and helped to defeat Germany during the war. One sad note, in November of 1942, eight Jewish-Austrian refugees were deported to Nazi Germany after the head of the Finnish police agreed to turn them over. Seven of those eight were murdered immediately. When Finnish media reported this news, it caused a national scandal. Ministers resigned in protest, and after further protest by Lutheran ministers, the Archbishop, and the Social Democratic Party, no more Jewish refugees were deported from Finland altogether. Jewish refugees arrived in Finland during World War II, and most of them moved on to other countries. Some stayed, and they did compulsory military service in the Lapland War 
towards the end of World War II. In any case, Jews with Finnish citizenship were protected during the entire period. Late in the war, Germany's ambassador to Helsinki concluded in a report to Hitler that the Finns would not endanger their citizens of Jewish origin under any circumstances. According to one historian, this was realistically accepted by Hitler, and Yad Vashem records that 22 Finnish Jews were murdered in the Holocaust, all of whom died fighting for the Finnish army. Three Finnish Jews were offered the Iron Cross for their wartime service to Germany. All three refused. Finland was the only country in the axis of Germany and Italy and Japan where all the synagogues remained open throughout World War II. That was only two, the synagogue in Turku and the synagogue in Helsinki. But Jewish life was uninterrupted by all the tragedies of World War II. And in the year 2000, the Finnish prime minister issued an official apology for the extradition of those eight Austrian Jewish refugees. So today there are two active, organized Jewish communities in Finland, one in Turku, which is only a few hundred people, in spite of which it still manages to maintain a synagogue and gather a minion nearly every Friday night. And the one in Helsinki, which is five or six times larger, offers an impressive range of communal services, including a kindergarten, a school, a hospital, a library, a choir, and a great number of organizations, such as the aforementioned Maccabi Sports Club, the Vizzo, the Jewish National Fund, etc., etc. Both synagogues follow the Orthodox ritual, but there is a rabbi only in Helsinki, not in Turku. Anti-Semitism has never been very strong in Finland. What appeared as anti-Semitic legislation was actually legislation imposed by Sweden. The Jewish community was early on influenced by Zionism, and 29 Finnish Jews fought in Israel's War of Independence in 1948, which may sound like a small number, but proportionally, that's greater than that of any other diaspora community. Today, many Finnish Jews have relatives or close friends in Israel, and a strong sense of affinity, affection, respect for the Jewish state. I want to close with sort of an odd culinary note, indicating a weird affinity between Finns and Jews. Jews, as many of you may know, at the Passover Seder every year, there's a ritual plate that includes several symbolic foods, one of which is horseradish or bitter herbs to symbolize the tears that our forefathers shed in the land of Egypt when they were slaves. And we who grow up with a traditional Ashkenazic Passover Seder think of horseradish as this bitter herb that's designed to make us cry and clear our noses and whatever. The Finns use horseradish very differently. And I was incredibly surprised the first time I was in a sort of an elegant high-end Finnish restaurant. And one of the vegetables as a side dish with my grilled fish was batonets of horseradish browned in brown butter. And as horseradish cooks, it becomes sweet and it tasted almost like a turnip and not at all like horseradish. And I was amazed. I said, are you sure this is horseradish? My friend said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's raw, it's very hard to eat. So it was just this funny little point of cultural intersection between Finns and Jews that was somehow oddly meaningful to me. In any case, I hope you enjoyed this session and look forward to talking with you again soon.